0: Uh, let me get the old Paw Patrol logo pulled up here so we can do our review. Um, That's a necessity. You know, you want to have it. You got to really set the tone. You got to set the tone for it. But I have the honor, nay, the privilege, to synopse this film this week. And I think I'm the right man for the job, and here's why I say that. I, um, unfortunately, have Paramount+. And this is not a this is not a spoiler for my review, okay? I have seen this movie no less than eight times since it's come out. That's a true story. <laughs> Some portion of it I have seen, you know, somewhere around eight or nine times this weekend because it's like. First of all, my three-year-old like never wants to watch movies, but when we saw this in theaters and he found out that we could watch it at home, he was like, let's go. It was like <laughs> turned down for what? And a lot of times, like we don't let him watch movies all the time, but he's been asking for it so much that eventually it's just like, fine, man, just like get off my get back. Like, I don't like I'm just negotiating with the terrorist at that point. You just kind of got to give into their demands. Otherwise like they're, they're threatening violence against you and things like that. You just got to be like, okay, fine. But I've seen it a bunch and you'll find out whether I like it or not. But I will just say that any kids movie that you have to watch, a zillion times in in 48 hours it it becomes you know it becomes a lot it becomes a lot i think you yes. could have me i think you could have me watch like a movie that i liked eight times in in 72 hours and i would be like okay i'm done
1: <laughs> i think it's the ultimate test of can this movie withstand time because if you're just like pounding that movie over and over again it's going to really tell you what your true feelings are. So I think you will have the most pure review, the most uh, unfiltered review because of how many times you have seen it.
0: Right. Nothing missed. Usually I watch a movie once on a good week twice before we review it. Mm-hmm. This time I'm really, I've, I've seen it all. And I've seen mm-hmm. it over and over and I got it. Okay. Um, so here we go. Let's synopsis Paw Patrol. Let's do it. Who you got there, Kirk?
1: I have them all.
0: Oh, all six of them. I have them all. Do you have Liberty? No.
1: I'm glad you asked. Do you? I do.
0: Oh, hot off the presses. That's a hot commodity right there.
1: (laughs) I just killed her.
0: She's gone. She's (laughs) gone. Wow. There she is. We'll talk about Liberty.
1: The elusive Tracker.
0: Tracker. We have Tracker. Yep. I love Tracker. Their leader. Rider. Rider. The goat. The goat. All right. Well, thanks for bringing those. That's a good call. I should have brought down my uh, giant bin of Paw Patrol characters that I was cleaning up before I came down here. But <laughs> Paw Patrol, the movie. The plot for this movie is basically, you know, we start out in Adventure Bay, feels like the, a normal start to a Paw Patrol episode in a lot of ways. Antics ensue. And soon we are introduced to a new area called Adventure City and a dog named Liberty who lives in Adventure City and upon hearing that Mayor Humdinger has just been, you know, Mayor Humdinger, man. You just can't get rid of that guy. Now that he has been elected mayor by default of Adventure City, Liberty has called the Paw Patrol because Mayor Humdinger has enacted a no-dogs-allowed policy, and he's doing his normal Humdinger shenanigans. Like, he's got a... he he's you know, stole this cloud catcher machine that's sucking up all the clouds. He does a firework show that like sh- that like sets the entire city on fire. Basically, it's, it's pure and utter chaos. Uh, we come to find out that he's actually kidnapping dogs, that all these dogs are going missing and it's because Mayor Humdinger and his goons are kidnapping them and and taking them away. And this mission is made all the more difficult by the fact that Chase has some rough history no pun intended on rough, but has some rough history with adventure city being that he was an abandoned puppy there. And that's actually where Ryder found him and rescued him. So we get the chase origin story a little bit, but because of that, he is emotionally mentally compromised for many of the missions that he's on because he's having a hard time dealing with all the memories and feelings and everything that's going on with him being back in adventure city. So that's sort of the crux of the story he's trying to figure out, you know, how to help Chase through the things that he's dealing with and to, to also make sure that Mayor Humdinger doesn't destroy everyone in Adventure City. Anything else, Kirk?
1: That's it. That, that is everything. All right.
0: Well, without further ado, let's jump into our superlatives. And I will kick us off. For my Oscar, I am giving it to young Ian Armitage. Who plays Chase the the police pup in the Paw Patrol? Chase is the German Shepherd. Um, if you can, if you're watching on the stream and, and you're not familiar with Paw Patrol, he's wearing the blue police cap. German Shepherd, just cute as a button. Um, Ian Armitage, this actor, you probably know him from either Big Little Lies. He played uh, what was that kid's name in Big Little Lies? Hmm. He had was he
1: uh, Reese's son.
0: Yes. No, 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 no. He was, he was, he was Shailene Woodley's son. Um, ah,
1: that's right.
0: And his name was. His name was Ziggy. Ziggy. That's yeah. I knew it was kind of like a very memorable name. You don't see many people with a name that starts with a Z. But he played Ziggy in Big Little Lies, and he also plays Young Sheldon in the show Young Sheldon for all you Big Bang Theory fans out there. Um, but this was. A different challenge for him to do voice acting and to take on a character that is well-known and well-loved, being sort of the the dog leader of the Paw Patrol in a way. He's always, you know, he's the one who says, like, Paw Patrol, ready for action, writer, sir. You know, he's like the, he's the guy um, who leads the team. And I thought he did a great job. They, they did some different things with Chase in this movie, which is, they did some different things that they've never really done in Paw Patrol before, really, which is to... Have there be like some drama and a rift that that comes between Chase and Ryder, and so you were seeing this character in a in a totally new light, and I think that if it hadn't been performed appropriately, it would have felt really odd, and, and in a way, it was sort of jarring because if you watch the show with your kids, you're like, "Whoa, Chase is like mad at Ryder, upset with Ryder. This never happens. This is the mm-hmm. Paw Patrol." But the whole scene plays really well and, and helps the um, the message of the movie. And everything, every tone and, and read of a line was in the right frame of mind. It was delivered correctly. I, I think you know they did a really good job of picking the right takes to make it sound like there was an emotional conflict that arises slowly over time, dissolves, and then you know, is rectified in the end. And I think that that was mostly due to your really good voice acting performance, uh, for an actor, a young actor, who really doesn't have that much experience doing such things. So, um, good on Ian Armitage. That was my pick for the Oscar.
1: Excellent choice. Excellent choice. The cast in here is pretty fascinating altogether because we don't have a lot of the original voices. Right. Um, I mean, it's not like, it's not like 80, 20, it's not even like 50, 50. I mean, it, it might be somewhere around 70, 30. Uh, That's because again, I'm a mathematician and I've, I've crunched the numbers, (laughs) but I think that that is a fascinating move to bring this to the to the big screen and only utilize some of your active voices the question is were were the regular voices not all available did they want to add some different flair which of course they did Uh, because it's not like people are coming to this uh, movie looking for the big voices right they're not coming for ian uh and saying where, where i want i'm coming for him i need to see i need to listen to his voice so <laughs> uh, so badly that i need to come see this you know so it's pretty it's pretty fascinating that was one of the choices my oscar is going to go over to the character who played mr Ryder, mr will brisbane yeah will good choice brisbane. I thought this kid did pretty, pretty fantastic. I don't really, I don't think he has as much uh, star power as your boy Ian over in Young Sheldon. Um, he's got a couple of things on on his docket here and uh, a couple of things lined up, but I don't. I, there was just something about his voice that uh, that struck me as mature but still youthful, which there have been several voices of rider over the course of Paw Patrol. Uh the first rider obviously will stick in my mind the most, the MVP. And then you had the next rider's voice uh, was drastically different in the fact that it was an (laughs) octave lower. And then they went they swung too far back. They had someone with two octaves higher. And I think they've got it good on the current season, but this this was like the the combination it is if, if they could have uh, put in a, a computer algorithm or in a 3D printer, a voice box that would perfectly encapsulate Ryder. This was it. And I think he balanced it so well between whatever age Ryder might be, uh, which I'm still looking for an episode of Paw Patrol for them to explain that. Uh, I thought he was great. I really did. So Oscar goes to Mr. Will Brisbane. What a great name, too.
0: Yeah, they had him build in the credits as introducing Will Brisbane, introducing. So this was this is sort of his. I know he's been in some other stuff, like you said, but this was sort of, I guess, his big feature film debut. Oh, you know
1: what? There's that is probably correct because there's it's it's TV and shorts before this, and the only other he's got another film coming out in 2021 called Abducted, uh, that has not hit release. So yeah, this is his debut film release congratulations
0: yeah well done well done great pick um yeah it's it's always jarring in the show when they change writer's voice i can always hear it like we will bounce around seasons um with with marshall whenever he's like wanting to watch it and every once in a while i land on an episode where i'm like ah, oh, what who is this what's happening this is this does not sound like writer at all and it's really odd um so it it was a tough bar to clear, I think for them to bring somebody new in, but I think you're exactly right. I think it was a good a good choice all right, moving along to scene stealer. oh man, so many choices, so many choices i I've gone back and forth on this I have to say i've I've waffled a bit, but <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ron Pardo, who played Mayor humdinger also plays captain turbot uh briefly in the beginning of the movie. But Ron Pardo plays Mayor Humdinger, who is, of course, the the 'er ne'er-do-well worst mayor ever, who always finds himself (laughs) in the position of trying to get power, trying to enforce his will on other people, trying to be appreciated and things like that. And the reason I made this choice is that Mayor Humdinger is a bit part, obviously, it's he, he he has one bit and that's that's what it is and every episode he appears in in Paw Patrol, they do the same thing. But in this one, they were asking so much of Mayor Humdinger. They asked for him to carry the entire, you know, he had to be like a main villain in a movie, which is not really the role that he plays in Paw Patrol. Like, he's not in every episode, and he's in a lot of them, but when he's there, it's always just kind of like this goofy, you know, he's not really like a villain villain. He's just like, this annoying guy who's around mm-hmm. doing stupid stuff, trying to get his own will imposed. And in this, he had to be like more of an actual villain, like kidnapping dogs and stealing the cloud catcher. And he, you know, it should be the most annoying character in the world. And maybe it is for some people, but I didn't really feel that in this movie. I, I felt like it was well balanced. He was funny he, his delivery was good and it was the, it was just the right amount of his like annoying, super over-the-top delivery and also the right amount of like him being a convincing villain for this movie and, and helping to carry that through to the end. So I thought that was good. I think that could make or break it, to be honest, if it was just like way over-the-top, nasally voice the whole time, but he did a good job of balancing it out and making sure that it wasn't too lopsided. So I'm giving it to Ron Pardo for Mayor Humdinger.
1: That is so true. That was, I was this close to picking him for mine as well because that's how he almost slid right in there. When you watch that character in the TV series and also while you were talking, I just started thinking about, man, if uh, anyone started listening to this and they're like, man, these guys really know a lot about (laughs) bomb. Like, These are two dudes, uh, way over the age of who should be watching this show regularly, but you have to understand we watch the show with our kids. We don't just turn around and walk away. No, no, no. We're good fathers. That's the difference (laughs) right here. We get into the plot line. We encourage them. We, we base our parenting on storylines that they tell, or we negate them and say, you know what? They made this choice this time. Eh, I'd rather you choose this in our life and in our family, yep. or you reinforce that structure. So that is what I was thinking about while we've been talking, and I'm listening to you and talking about you know themes and such. And that's that's what I'm hearing most of all. But Ron Pardo, such a good point. Uh, almost my scene stealer. He is sometimes very annoying in the, oh in the gosh. series,
0: yes. and I think
1: it has to come down to. The writing of the episode because he'll sneak in and go, hey, has anyone seen my kitty cats? And then the dogs say something along the lines of, yeah, they're over there in that tree. And he says, hey, you better go catch them. And then he breaks into the headquarters and makes it fly away or some crazy stuff like that. Like in mighty pups where he basically steals their lookout <laughs> yeah. tower, uh, like a, like a grand criminal, uh, this man should be locked up. But what you see in this, in this movie is that he is totally, he's totally shapes a character in such a more, uh, a more, it's not as annoying to the ears. He doesn't have to lay in the heaviest part of it of his nasal cavity, and I think my wife would be really good at, at expressing why he does a better job in this than the series. We haven't got a chance to talk about it, but she is quite excellent at voices and recognizing them. It's this one is the same uh, actor who plays the show in yes, the movie. That's right, and I'd love to get her take uh, on on how she thought the difference was because he really he lays off up here and it really drops into his mouth more in this film uh, and I'm, I've gone on too long so my choice for the seed stealer has to go to Rebel played by Mr. Keegan Headley yeah. Keegan Headley um, this 100 percent definition. We go back and forth on our definitions of scene stealers. I loved that this that Keegan Headley uh, just like dove headfirst into this. I believe he is one of the original voices. Uh, 60 episodes is his count on Paw Patrol as Rubble. And that's not that is excluding you know their little specials. He also voiced uh, for twenty seven episodes Daniel Tiger, so you know this kid has got it going on. I mean, he he might might as well be in the kids show uh, Hall of Fame at this <laughs> point. That's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. So what what I love that he that he does in this is that obviously he sounds so much like Rubble because sixty episodes deep he is Rubble. The the creativeness that they allowed. Uh, th- they allowed Rubble to be just like a Comedia dell'arte character, uh, just the, like the punching bag. The clown uh, totally came through successfully uh, from, you know, the biggest joke uh, I think the kids laugh the most on is when the pup, uh, d- the pup treat dispenser gets released and you hear oh, your angels singing in the background. But it's really just Rubble <laughs> and that joke played in the trailer and it played just the same in the theater full of tiny kids. They were cackling and there's so many other moments. Uh, his, his dance moves, his one liners that absolutely had us belly laughing in the theater. So, uh, bravo, bravo to this kid, Keegan Headley. He also just looks like a hilarious kid. If you get a chance to look him up online, uh, I just know that he is just, uh, Uh, like the next Seth Rogen or something. No matter what happened, no matter what he says, it's just going to be hilarious.
0: Yeah, my personal, or my son's personal favorite one-liner in the movie from Rubble is the... You know, they're in the middle of this giant storm and a, a wig flies by and smacks Rubble in the face. And he says, things are getting pretty hairy out here. It just slayed. It's like the <laughs> ultimate dad joke, stupid pun. But oh my gosh, was it hilarious in the moment and in the context. And delivery was just spot on. So um, yeah, great call, great call. This movie was really funny. I have to it say, was. I was surprised. I really thought... Uh, really thought that the all the jokes were going to be in the trailer and there were some good ones in the trailer but they man they kept them coming the whole show and there were jokes for adults there were jokes for kids like it was it was well done it was really well done on that side all right moving on to show stopper this is where we get technical with the kids movies we got to really analyze this stuff right um for my show shop, show shopper, show stopper, <laughs> uh, I'm going with the fact that they understood the assignment. This is something the kids are saying these days on TikTok, like he understood the assignment, you know. Um, they understood the assignment. They did not overcomplicate it. They did not add in a bunch of new characters that were totally unnecessary. They added in basically one Liberty, which we all knew they were going to add a dog. And they did so in a way that really made a ton of sense and was very helpful and ended up being a really good character overall, in my opinion. And I thought that was well done. But, like, just small things. Like, when, when Ryder and, and the pups get into the Paw Patroller to drive to Adventure City, there's no RoboDog. It's, like, no point. We don't need to, we don't need to have RoboDog. It's an unnecessary <laughs> character. When they're in Adventure Bay... They show Captain Turbot for like 10 seconds. They show uh, Mayor Goodway for like less than that. And they get out of Dodge. They really just focus on the six core dogs, Ryder and Mayor Humdinger. And that's really it. And I think that that's the right move. Um, so many times you see with these kids' movies, they take it to the nth degree of trying to make it this big, insane story, make it something so radically different from the show. But this time, the people who made this movie really understood who their audience was. They played the Paw Patrol theme song. They said they played the, um, you know, the song that they play whenever the pups spring into action for the first time, the go, go, go. Mm -hmm. You know, they played that and had them do their whole intro with them getting in their, their uniforms and getting in their cars. Like they did that and then they kept the f- they kept the formula the same as the episodes for the first half of the movie before introducing a more um you know a higher brow plot line uh, if you will but it was just really smart they you don't have to go crazy for these movies know who you're making the movie for ultimately which is the kids understand why the show is successful and then recreate that in a longer format on the screen and i felt like they totally understood the assignment and did that you know there are there are some issues with the movie but the issues aren't because they went they went absolutely berserk and were overly ambitious and tried to create a whole new thing it was you know they were different reasons so i felt like staying in their lane was the right move and and they did it
1: beautiful beautiful all right beautiful. kirk what you got my showstopper is um, which also might show up in my director's shoes here shortly. It's uh, the, the aesthetic, the production boost, if you will, it was great. It was like this perfect marriage of the cartoon that we know and love and how it's kind of like, like what the most recent episode would, would, is. I haven't watched it, but the most recent episode that probably released before the film and the value of animation there is, and what they want to go towards. This movie coming out reminded me a lot of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that came out in the 90s, right? <laughs> so we had we had Tommy and Jason and Kimmy and Tr- you know we had all of them and we they get like their suits are a little bit shinier. You get to Adventure City, you know, in, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They get the they get the ninja suits, right? Yep. Uh, they find the cave and they, everything's shiny and just uh, super exciting, right? That's what this felt like right here. Uh, I loved what they did with that. Uh, similar to what we saw in Space Jam, uh, to a new legacy. But this was better because it wasn't it wasn't so much over the top. It wasn't so much trying to make them completely real. Uh, probably the, the most noticeable one uh, of the pups that, had maybe the most detail was uh, was Rocky. Yes. And even with Rocky, I still appreciated how, how they made him look versus his original look. And it still didn't go too far, but you all, you noticed that his was the biggest because this little flappy ear, they make a little bit floppier. And uh, they make his his uh, cheeks a little bit more roughly real right and there. And his eye
0: patch. Like his little like, patch of color on his eye. I noticed yes. he was a lot, it popped a lot
1: more. If I can capture that if I can get the right focus right here. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I really appreciated how well that kind of new world that they... The, the same world and moving into the busy city and figuring out what that looked like on the big screen. Because if you put paw patrol the show on the big screen it won't play it won't play because of the of the pixels uh, and and the just the art the overall art direction but this man it was cool and this translating into televisions on paramount plus and this translating into i want to buy this on itunes and it's available that uh would work so if you if you do the reverse and go forward with paw patrol um the series uh i think i don't know there's a there's definitely an argument to say this should be the highest standard. And can they do it from a production standpoint, from a business standpoint? I don't know. But I loved the look of this movie.
0: I think, I, I do think it's probably too expensive for them to keep going. Otherwise, they would probably do it. We came back and watched an episode from season eight, which is the current season. And I was like, duh. <laughs> just like it was jarringly lower quality than than the movie, it just really was. Um, and I never thought that before I saw the movie. But then you see the movie, and you're like, "Wow, they all look so good. Everything looks so good." And you know the detail, and and you can see the little fur on their their head, and and you know the way Sky's ears flop around. Like it's just, it's just not even close. It's really not even close. But. Mm-hmm. They did that while still making it look like Paw Patrol. You know, like whenever they took like SpongeBob and made a 3D SpongeBob movie and it was like, Ooh, what this doesn't look right. Yeah. Uh, It was too much. It was too much. That, that, did, that was not the effect here. It was, they were just way, it was like just 4k pups instead of like, you know, VHS level kind of (laughs) resolution. So I like that call. I like it a lot. Um, Okay. Moving to director's shoes, which is what we would change about this movie, um, I think there are a couple of things that I would call out. Um, first being something that I actually mentioned earlier, which is the conflict that arises between Ryder and Chase. I do feel like they did... It, it was good from a plot perspective, so I was reluctant to include it, but it is so jarring from a... like from a character perspective because you have never seen them engage at all in any sort of way like this in the show. There's really never any sort of negative energy in the show outside of, like, sometimes a character gets scared, but writer's just there, like, supporting them and things like that. It's not like, writer, why would you put me in this situation? And so when that scene happens, it was like, huh? Like, my, my kid looked at me like, what? Like, is is Chase mad at Ryder? Um, So I think that was interesting. I almost feel like, I almost feel like they could have done the conflict without having Ryder and Chase get like, like be upset with each other. They almost could have had Chase just like leave on his own without having this blowout with Ryder. And then it's just like, you know, Chase is trying to be, thinks he has to be this tough guy when really like it's okay to have emotions, and that was the message anyway, and it was a good one, and, and it worked. But I do think that the them choosing to have an actual conflict between those two characters probably presented a pretty interesting experience for um, kids and fans of the show. That was interesting. I think the other thing is the plot was a little thin. You, you see it in kids' movies, the whole like cloud catcher thing. Like, why why does that exist? That seems like a pretty throwaway idea. Like I said, they, um, you know, the first half of the movie, it's like the Humdinger fireworks thing, and then the Humdinger train thing, before they finally get into the overarching plot of, Mayor Humdinger is stealing dogs. And so I feel like they could have introduced that plot point, of like dogs are disappearing, we got to figure out where they're going, earlier, and then layered in some of these more formulaic, like the fireworks thing, and the train loop-de-loop craziness thing. They could have still done that, but also introduced the puppies are disappearing plot line earlier so that it sort of glued together a little bit more. So not unusual for a kid's movie to see a plot be a little bit thin. It has to be thin enough and, and you know, grounded enough for, for young children, very young children in this instance to understand. And so I think that they, they checked the box there but I do think it could have been a little bit more cohesive. There was just a little missing bit of attention to detail and finesse that you see in like a Disney movie or, you know, a really well-made Dreamworks movie, not like Illumination Pictures or whatever, but that that was not there. So I feel like it could have been slightly better.
1: Yes, yes, all of those things. Um, I would also agree. W- w- piggybacking off of um, Mayor Humdinger's fireworks and the loop de loop and uh, the clouds, we get introduced to the, the cloud, the cloud sucker, and then it just kind of is running in the background. And then it comes back into play, and the introduction of the the dog snatching, which is the biggest plot point of them all. That right there. So you have four four big plot points. Well, really, what they did was they said all right, we are episode writers. What are four big events? And it really did feel episodic within the movie itself as we got to the first uh, the first stop uh, where we, where we rose, to, rose to, you know, we're fine. And then conflict, oh, we better go save the day. Cool. And we're good to go. And then, oh, look, Mayor Humdinger's up to it again. And we go back and forth with, with this, which is probably familiar enough for kids. But I feel like there was a better way to streamline that into not making it seem like they saved the mission, they went back home. They saved the mission, they went back home. In a movie, you can't really do that. And the episodic feel to this, it should have been morphed just a little bit more to, um, to really fit what they were going for. They were close, but not quite. I also think that, you know, they have this full ensemble and they didn't utilize the ensemble as best they could have. We've got—I'm looking at all my all my toys here. We've got Chase, we've got Sky, we've got Rubble as our big hitters, right? We have uh, Liberty as kind of like number four who's up up and coming and they give her a good amount of exposure uh and kind of in you know in the backgrounds uh stuff too that they're not just like liberty 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 she really is a lovable character and that's why I think that immediately this toy was off the shelves because people were so excited. <laughs> yes. uh, but but then you have the other the other pups who have a couple of lines they save They help out a little bit. I mean, Marshall is, is in there enough, but not quite. Rocky, I mean, Blinkin', you miss him, um, and Zuma, dude, Zuma gets dogged on, literally, and figuratively, and punnily, in the series, like, they they actually, like, make fun of Zuma openly, and you see, throughout the series, you see Zuma going from one of, uh, having, like, one episode uh, per month, where it's like, Zuma, 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 to eventually just being, like, an afterthought, and be like, well, oh, Zuma's gonna go swim and catch someone, I guess. It really, it really seems like that, and in this movie, I don't, don't think Zuma talks until or even gets in his vehicle or has showcased his vehicle until the last 15 minutes of the film. Poor Zuma, man. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm Zuma strong. Uh, I, wait, I'm going to start that hashtag.
0: Hashtag <laughs> um, Zuma strong.
1: And the final thing I have on director, director's shoes is that we had an opportunity here. We had an opportunity here, Nickelodeon. I'm speaking directly to the CEOs where you have a weather conflicting event. The weather has been manipulated and you did not get snow and you did not bring Everest into the mix and it didn't get super hot and you didn't bring tracker into the mix. I mean, those are your guest star appearances right there. Those are your guest star appearances, especially Everest all time Everest all time fan, but we didn't get them as well. So there was a little bit of a, of a struggle with supporting the full cast as an ensemble. Um, but for the big but for the big three again chase rebel sky and of course our fearless leader writer they did a good job for them that's my director's shoes
0: I do I did tell Jackie as we were walking out of the theater I was like you know what would have been really dope <laughs> and I it's weird that I use that word whenever I'm talking about paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> but I was like you know what would have been awesome <laughs> I really did say dope in real life though <laughs> uh, is if They're just like, they have this um, Infinity War moment where each dog is trying to fight their various fight and they're just taking it in the teeth. There's just not enough. There's not enough resources. And all of a sudden, over the comms, it's like, don't worry, pups, help is on the way. And Everest shows up the same way that like Thor and Rocket and Groot show up in that Wakanda battle. Everest shows up, Tracker shows up, Rex... You know, those two mighty yes. pups that they add, they bring in all of them and just do an all out save the day mission. That would have been fuego. I would have loved that. But yeah,
1: there's even there's even the uh, like early on before the before the uh, the super powered pups were. there was a superhero pup yes with a cape and everything
0: that's right and wildcat is is new they could have i mean there's so many things yeah. they could have pulled in there um, i was i my for my paw patrol fandom that would have really checked the box you know yeah. to to bring it all together
1: here kirk and cam talk the lore of paw patrol for an hour and a half yeah. join
0: us like Everest's first appearance was season 1 episode 7 but uh, no, but seriously, Everest has been around for so long. Yes, she's been in so many episodes, and she's just a great concept dog. You know, the snow yes. dog. Um, there was opportunity here. There was opportunity for sure. There
1: was, there was, and and speaking to the you know Infinity War moment, I mean, they've already laid the groundwork in that they were not even pretending to shy away from that. I mean, the Mighty Pup storyline is the Infinity. Yeah, go- it is the Infinity Stones, one hundred percent. So why not just milk that Absolutely. I mean, just just go go for for it.
0: it. Yeah. Just go for it. 100%. Um, all right. (laughs) That's enough about that. Let's, uh, let's give final thoughts and scores on Paw Patrol, the movie. So like I said, I've seen this movie eight times now, probably. (laughs) So I should be as good of a critic as, as possible. And I have to say that, um, I'll just be transparent. I expected this to be very bad. I just did. Um, all the signs were there. You know, the way that the trailer was constructed, the fact that it's Nickelodeon, and I've seen them do stuff like this before that just doesn't work, um, all of it. The fact that the trailer was, like, featuring Tyler Perry and Kim Kardashian, <laughs> I was like, this is not good. Nothing against Tyler Perry, but particularly them advertising heavily that Kim Kardashian was in this movie. I was like, this is this is Red Flag City. Um, that said... I was pleasantly surprised and, and maybe my score will be a little bit higher because I was so surprised by it. But like I said, in my showstopper, they did not overcomplicate this. They kept it simple. And though the simplicity came at the expense of the plot at times, like, like Kirk and I both talked about, they could have for sure had a more solid through line during those set pieces of, you know, the pups are missing, but here's all these other set pieces. The pups have to deal with before they can deal with that. Like that would have worked better. But what they did worked really well. And even though the whole uh, Chase uh, writer thing was in my was in my director's shoes, just because of the way they executed it, the theme of like, hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay for Chase to not be uh, you know, a hero all the time. And also the, being a hero doesn't mean not being afraid. Like great messaging, love that, especially coming from from Chase, who is, who is sort of the main character of the, of the, the pups. I thought that was excellent. And I thought everything else was just boxes checked. It was funny. It has high rewatchability. You know, the kids who are coming to see it are going to get everything that they wanted. Uh, it had good music. It was upbeat. It was it just a perfect film representation of the show. And, you know, overall just really executed very well. I don't think, you know, there are obviously some things that I think that they could fix, but I'm I'm not going to gripe much about this movie overall. So I'm giving it a 7.8 out of 10 kernels. And that's having seen it eight times. So I if, if I was going to find something to really hate about it, I think I would. I think this is a really good kids movie. I think it really is. I think there, um, there are... Always gonna be things to pick at, but if you consider what the assignment was, who they were who they were making this movie for, and what they came up with, it's really very good. It really is. All
1: right, Wonderful. Kirk,
0: you're up. Oh, I just messed up the screen.
1: That's okay. I liked it. I liked what you did there. <laughs> it was exciting. For all of our, our listeners who are not watching this, it was <laughs>
0: yes. so, so exciting. exciting. You should go to YouTube <laughs> right now. Also, so that you can see the music snafu that happened at the beginning of the stream. <laughs> yes, so. Do not
1: forget, we have to plug that again. <laughs> Make sure you listen to the first, just what is probably ultimately boring for everyone. Else. Oh, it's horrible.
0: Yeah, it's got to be horrible to listen to. I'm, I'm going to cringe through it when I'm doing post-production, but so be it
1: oh my goodness uh, you should make it more ridiculous actually like just like throw like you know like crash boxes <laughs> yeah <in and laughs> just
0: add in a bunch of sounds a bunch of like clown like, noises like the wilhelm scream you know like <laughs> yes i should if only there was enough time for such things kurt
1: uh, you should do a, a re-release on a week that we're just like too busy like just the director's the cut <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. Paw Patrol the movie. I too thought this movie would not be great. I, I, I always wanted it to be good, but low expectations. And we've, we often talk about, you know, are, are our heads in the right spot when we go see movies? Do our expectations skew the movies? I don't think that that was possible in this. I think we were mentally preparing ourselves to be able to comfort our children in this particular case, as it is a children's movie. If it was bad, in order to how to clean up the mess for the legacy that Paw Patrol obviously holds in mind and Cam's heart, possibly more than our children. Uh, let's could let, I be. be. I
0: think that that's I think that's a strong possibility based on the contents of this discussion so
1: far. <laughs> I mean, this is probably one of the longest uh, reviews that we've done, and I mean, we've <laughs> done some pretty pretty big dramas, uh, pretty pretty big uh, Oscar noms and and Oscar winners, you know. But this movie really does know what it's doing, despite its uh, pitfalls. They're few and far between. Um, I think that the rewatchability, I've only watched it one and a half times, but my kids are, uh, they think I'm the worst father ever because I don't have Paramount Plus. And (laughs) every time the TV turns on, they say, uh, daddy? Um, can we buy Paramount Plus today? I mean, I think I think this evening they were also they were trying to allude to that they would pay for it. They would break out their piggy banks and pay for it in perpetuity so that they could watch the Paw Patrol movie. This movie is great. My score is close to cams. I I love what they did with the dogs pups. Excuse me. My I score goes you. to an eight point two out of ten kernels.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, strong scores for the Paw Patrol movie. You love to see it, uh, Paw Patrol the movie. Oh my goodness, Kirk! Look at, Look at that. that. Kirk's got the Liberty, got the the motorcycle. Um,
1: She's got a, a like a thing that she shoots, but I don't know where it's at. My kids have lost it already, so I'll find it one day. I felt like I felt like Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: in Jingle All the Way. After the movie, I was like, I was like Jackie. I'm concerned that. Um, You know, liberty is going to be hard to get, and she was like, "I already got it in the Target card. Don't even worry about it. It's it's done deal." Um, And Sinbad would
1: show up and fight you uh, in the lobby.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Rodney King, Rodney King. Yeah, that's (laughs) it'd be the same. It'd be the same plot of that movie. Which honestly, I in a way, I would love to live because it's beloved. uh, It's a beloved Christmas film in my in my house Mm -hmm. for sure. But. Uh, you clearly have it. I think it's great to get it unlocked. It looks very sweet. Can't wait to get my hands on that one as well. Um, I was playing with the Dino Rescue toys earlier. Uh, Dino Rescue, a big, big fan in in our house, you know, big fan of that run. But that's enough about Paw Patrol. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys checked out Paw Patrol, the movie, I want to know your thoughts, if you thought it lived up to the standards. I feel like this is one of the better... Non Disney kids movies we've had in a while that I've feasted my eyes on, um, so I was very pleasantly surprised. But I'm interested to hear what other people think. Uh, we've got what we've got um, spilled popcorn coming. It's actually going to drop next week because we did a double episode. So if you're wondering, you know when the episode three. Review recap analysis will drop. It's going to be probably Monday of next week, similar to the cycle that we did with Loki. So, Mm -hmm. um, what if episode three drops tomorrow on Disney Plus? And I believe the topic of that episode is what if the Earth's mightiest heroes were like destroyed, killed, something like that? Like, what if the Avengers weren't around? I Um, think so. So, that'll be an interesting one. But we'll be talking about that. We'll obviously keep you guys posted on Spider-Man and all things MCU that are going on. But that's all we got. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, you know how to do it via social media and also Discord, which we highly recommend. Join our Discord server. And uh, we'll be keeping you guys posted on all the latest, especially coming out of CinemaCon. I bet there is more news on my phone right now and we're going to get it posted on social media for you. But until next time, and I'm gonna hope that I hit the right music bed this time. Let's listen. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna head out. And thank you guys so much for listening. This is Rhetoric. We will catch you guys next week.
1: Talk to you then.